We'll turn in the Word of God this morning to the book of Matthew and to the seventh chapter, Matthew's Gospel, chapter seven, and continue in our consideration of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we have seen much of it, as you can work out from the two chapters that have already uh, gone through. And we're in the seventh chapter now, and our verse today will be verse seven. But we'll read from the beginning. Uh, of the chapter in fact we'll read from verse 33 of the preceding chapter Uh, so chapter 6 and verse 33 and then into chapter 7 Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you take therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof judge not that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge ye shall be judged and with what measure ye meet it shall be measured to you again and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye or how wilt thou say to thy brother let me pull out the mote out of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you do ye even so to them for this is the law and the prophets amen we thank the lord for this reading of his word let's bow our heads in prayer and ask for the lord's help and for understanding our father we give thanks that we are able to read the word of god we pray that that word may come to our hearts and lord that it might make sense to us We pray, Father, that you would build up our understanding of Scripture. Uh, Lord, we realize that sometimes we come to it with a little background knowledge. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to build up that knowledge and that understanding, that we might have more and more connections throughout the Scripture, that we might understand more and more of the purposes of the Lord our God and what things are set there for us that we might seek after them. Lord, bless our hearts, we pray thee. Guide my lips, and Lord, guide our hearing, that we might hear the word of the Lord, and not the word of a preacher only. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. So I want to think on these very well-known words, uh, which occur in verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 
and the encouragement which follows it really as well in verse 8 for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened you're seeing here really uh, uh, a uh, request or an instruction toward faith that we should believe God, that we should be aware of God. Of course, we began our reading this morning with those words from chapter 6 and verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So seeking first the kingdom of God, therefore, is still in our mind as we go on to this seventh verse of chapter 7. Remember that in the original writing, as uh, Matthew writes these things, no verses, no chapters, he doesn't separate the things in that way, writes on through, and if we were just to read on through, then we would still have in mind those words, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And it's in the, ba- ba- the background of that that the Lord is saying that we should ask and we should seek and we, sh- that, and we should knock. It is not just a a simple saying to us, well, if you want something, then go and ask for it, and whatever you ask for, God will give it to you. That's not what the Lord Jesus is saying here. And uh, whatever you're seeking, whether it be wealth or uh, whether it be uh, notoriety or whatever else it may be, just go and ask God and he'll give it to you, and so on. So there is something more profound about these verses than simply that. Christ, of course, throughout this, um, this Sermon on the Mount is seeking to have us seek after him. It is to come before God. It is to recognize God. The problem, of course, that Jesus came to in his days was the fact that the people had brought everything down to that which was around them. Everything that they could see and feel even to going to the synagogue and the the very Pharisees and the scribes, how that they did things, how they walked a certain amount of distance on the Sabbath day, how that they prayed on the street corners so that people could see them, uh, so that they, and how they gave their tithes so that people could see what they're doing. It's all about what they were doing. It wasn't really any connection with the Lord himself. And that's what the Lord seeks. He wants us to be connected with him. He wants to hear you. He wants you to seek him. He, he has so much which he can give to you. And yet we are more interested in what we can get from the world. And so often that's what prayer is all about. We come before God in prayer and our desire is for this and for that. And we go to God pretty much with a shopping list and say, well, God, I would like this and I would like that. And I have a problem over here. Can you sort that out for me? And as I've said often from this pulpit, we kind of uh, deal with God as if he's a genie. That we go along to the, to the lamp of prayer and we give it a rub and we uh, get our three wishes and we say to God, well, I want this and I want that and I want the other thing. But that's not what the Lord wants with us. He wants a relationship. He wants us to be in communion with him, to have fellowship with him. And so, as he says these words, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. He is speaking in the sense of a relationship. And we see that again in verse 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Here's a relationship. How, uh, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven, here is a relationship, give good things to them that ask him. And it's the relationship which God is seeking for us to have with him. 
We see these three words then, ask and seek and knock, easy to remember because the first of them is an acrostic for all of them, isn't it? A for ask, S for seek, K for knock, ask. And so it's an easy one to remember. But they're not just aspects of prayer. The, the, the three words which Jesus give here are what are termed present imperatives. They are things which we are to do. They are an invitation and the invitation is to us, ask me. And then they're also a command, ask me. And then they are an encouragement, well, ask me. And here these things are set before us that we might do them. We ask for what we wish, we seek for what we miss, and we knock that we might gain entry. But gain entry to what? To the kingdom, to the fellowship, to the communion to a unity with our Heavenly Father. Uh, one thing which happens so often in this world is uh, the nat- natural uh, aspects of life go on through and eventually our Father dies. And then we begin to think about all the things that we never asked, all the things that we don't know, all the things about his youth, all the things which he learned, all the things which he could have taught us, all those things which suddenly come to mind that we wish we had said to our Father and we never did. And now he's gone and we can't ask him anymore. We may be able to ask our mother if she, if she lives uh, longer than he did. And we may be able to ask certain things. But there will be things even that she doesn't know because she never asked. And I certainly remember uh, many things which I wished I'd asked my father and had a closer relationship with him. How important that relationship is. But how sad if we should stand before our Heavenly Father and there is nothing that we know of him because we've never had a relationship and that the Lord Jesus Christ would say depart from me for I never knew you because we never had a relationship with him we also have to recognize that there is a context here and we've seen something of the context that the Lord says seek ye first the kingdom of God this is quite central to all uh, that he has said before and all that follows after but the more direct context is that which has just gone before, uh, which is making judgments of our brother and saying, well, let me pick the moat out of your eye, but we don't consider the beam in our own eye. He goes on in verse 6, which we looked at last Lord's Day, give not that which is holy. <clears throat> and we consider this, <clears throat> the word holy, which is used of a saint. Uh, So perhaps in the context of what has gone before, give not the saint unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Uh, We could take it in that way. But the context here is what we see in others. What we see in others. And we are so often taken up what we see in others. And we are willing to, to sort them out. What we need to do is to sort them out. If we can, if we can get them to listen to us, we can sort them out. They've got annoying little uh, foibles in their lives. They've got annoying little habits. They've They've got things which they do wrong. And if they would just listen to me, I could sort them out. And here we are looking and judging at others. And we're just wishing that they would ask us and we could help them out. But isn't that the context here? Isn't that exactly what the Lord is saying? In actual fact, I can see your problems. I can see your troubles. I can see your foibles. And if you would just ask me, I would sort them out. I, 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 would, I would guide you. I really can pick the moat out of your eye because I don't have a beam in my eye, God says. 
Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Why didn't you have a relationship with me? So, we ask this then. Uh, and uh, begin with this request uh, of prayer first of all to ask and what do we ask well in order to 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 really have the the knowledge of god imparted to us what we need to be asking for is wisdom we read together from proverbs and there's a tremendous verse in verse 7 of proverbs 4 that we just read together so often we miss verses because well we just read through them and read past them and don't really notice them and you'll find if you read your bible that again and again even reading it over and over year by year or week by week that you'll see verses that you've never seen before and here in this proverbs of chapter 4 and verse 7 the solomon says wisdom is the principal thing that is it is the first thing it is principal do that first get wisdom first wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding don't forget wisdom what does the scripture say about wisdom well it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction it tells us that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom also James 1 and verse 5 James says to us if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not he doesn't he doesn't go back at you and say well you should have wisdom for yourselves no he says if you ask me for wisdom I will give you wisdom and what is the beginning of wisdom the fear of the Lord come and know your father come and have fellowship with your father our father is not weary of our much asking but our much asking signifies our passion for a thing. I have lots of grandchildren and I hear them often asking uh, their parents for one thing or for another, or indeed asking me for one thing or another. And they are passionate about it and they keep on and they keep on and they keep on and they keep on. Sometimes you have to silence them because they're interrupting a conversation or, or something, but they keep on. We don't get... We, we get weary with being asked but eventually we'll come around to what they say and we will say to them well what is it that you want we need that kind of a passion as we come before the lord the lord says all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing ye shall receive but there is a context isn't there because we know very clearly that everything that we ask god isn't going to give it to us if we ask for our neighbor to drop dead, God's not going to kill them. If we, if we ask for certain things in this, in this world, we're not just going to have them. Yeah, we would like a, a brand new Rolls Royce and the money to be able to run it and to service it. And we would like to have servants and, and all these things. But we're not going to pray and God's going to say, oh yeah, well you can have that. I'll bring one round tomorrow. So we know that the context, not only the context, but the reality is that what Jesus is saying, he is asking, he is saying to us, ask for those things which you uh, have need of, those things which are, well, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's the context here. And the revelations then also are of providence, because he says, seek, seek. What do we seek? Well, we seek things that we don't have, things perhaps that we have lost things that we have need of we look for them 
I, I spend a lot of time doing that. I have a, a, a garage in the back garden with uh, all kinds of things in there, tools sometimes and other things which I know are there, but it can take a long time to find them. And we seek them. And we can spend a lot of time seeking things. But how much time do we, do we spend seeking the Lord, seeking wisdom, seeking understanding, seeking his purposes, seeking to know what he would have us to do? What are the revelations of providence that we seek from the Lord? Ask for wisdom. Seek for the revelations of, of providence. And then also knock. We are to knock. Well, we want entrance. But the Lord won't give us entrance uh, unless there is a, a, a desire for righteousness, unless there is a, a seeking of him. And, and so we are, we are coming and we're knocking and we're saying, Lord, let us in. Uh, reminds me of the friends who brought uh, the one who was sick of the palsy to the house and they couldn't get in because there were so many people around the door and around the windows and people were just straining their ears to what to hear what jesus had to say Uh, and they couldn't get in so they went up on the roof and they dug a hole in the roof of this property and let down their friend through the roof they knocked they didn't just knock they were persistent and although this wasn't just a simple knock on the door nevertheless what did the lord do well, he said, thy sin, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Son, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And he answered them. They knocked, they came, and the Lord received them. We need to have this passion to ask and to, to seek and to knock, to seek after wisdom, to seek after entrance, to seek after the will and the purpose of God. And the Lord gives us a foundation for the faith to do these things. First of all, in human ideals, for he uh, he says to us, What man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? So there is an intention here uh, which man has. And he says, in an ideal world, uh, we give good things to our children who ask us. But he says, this isn't an ideal world, but God is ideal. God is perfect. And if you ask for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. If you ask for guidance and direction, he will give you guidance and direction. If you ask to come into his presence, you will receive that invitation into his presence. We will know the blessing of God and the blessing also of eternity. There is a holy intent with God. It is God's purpose. And it is God's purpose, isn't it? God sent forth his son into this world that we might be saved. He seeks to bless us. In Romans 8 and verse 32, we read, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, it is God's purpose to bless you. So if it is God's purpose to bless you and he says to you, as he does here, ask and seek and knock, then we can be assured that he is going to give to us that which is good. We can be assured of that. We need to be seeking his face. that We might know the wisdom of God and the blessing of God, the presence of God, the power of God that we might overcome in this world. We need to be seeking first the kingdom of God. 
But we need to recognize also that there is a fragility of faith. The fragility of faith. Because our faith is weak and is easily damaged. It's easily weakened. Asking of God is a holy thing. Seeking and knocking are holy things. They are not to be argued, as we read in verse 6, with the dogs and with the swine. It's interesting to note here that is, a, uh, that, that is dogs, plural, and it is swine, plural, that these are packs or herds. And that is what the world is, isn't it? And yet so often we give uh, the, those holy things, the, the time that we should spend in the presence of the Lord, we give that to the world. And what does the world do? Well, it breaks down, it attacks, it, it seeks to destroy our faith. It says to us, well, there's no good asking God. No, they will t- say to us, there is no God because they don't believe in a God. And they will preach that over and over again. Well, there is no God. There's no good point in you asking God. And of course, we are weakened by that and our faith, which perhaps would be great to call upon the name of the Lord, is weakened because what is in the back of our mind is that suggestion, well, maybe God doesn't hear. Maybe God doesn't exist. Maybe the world is right. Maybe I just need to do this by myself. The Lord says, ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. But we're so often half-hearted. The hounds and the pigs, they trample under feet those, that faith that we have. We, we have holy things, the, the holy pearls, those precious things within our understanding, within our hearts that we have picked up from the word of God and we, we treasure them. But then we give them out to the world and the world just tramples them under feet, underfoot. It says, the Bible? The Bible? You don't need the Bible. What does the Bible teach you? It's just an old dusty book. They'll, they'll continue to, to, to run it down and, and to cause us not to have faith. And then when we seek to come before the Lord, we have all these doubts in our hearts. We need to come into the presence of the Lord. We need to seek him. They will turn and rend you, the Bible says. They will destroy the pearls of faith. But there is a weaning of faith. Our faith, though fragile, our faith, though small, can be built up to such an extent that we can move mountains. These are the words which Christ says. The apostles said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Once you have faith, that faith can grow. You may have a tiny bit of faith, that little bit of faith which is not very much use to anyone. Uh, There is a faith, of course, which is the faith of salvation. And because Christ does it all, that is all we need, a tiny bit of faith. But faith to accomplish things in this world... That faith needs to grow, and that faith grows by fellowship with God, by asking, by seeking, by knocking, by coming into the presence of the Lord, by seeking first the kingdom of God. That faith begins to grow. And if we have any faith at all, if we are trusting God at all, if we have salvation, then that faith can grow until we can move mountains, until mighty things can be done. Of course, Jesus Christ had all faith. What did he accomplish? 
There was the healing of those with that that with a withered hand, the the healing of those who were lame, those with the palsy, those with uh, uh, leprosy. There was the feeding of the five thousand with uh, five loaves and two fishes. There was Christ walking upon the water to reach the boat which was in the midst of Galilee. With faith, all things are possible, Jesus says. But is our faith that kind of faith? Is our faith that strong? I mean, Peter did indeed get out of his boat and began to walk toward Jesus upon the water. He was actually doing it, and yet still his faith was so weak that when he looked around and saw the the winds and the waves, he, he, he immediately began to lose that faith. And he began to sink, cried out, Christ he still had faith in Christ and you'll find that of course if you're a Christian here today you will find you will always have faith in Christ that faith never departs the faith to believe that Christ is going to do this or going to do that that Christ is uh, that, that the power of God is with us to accomplish this or that that faith needs to grow how does it grow it grows by the word of God faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God It doesn't come by dwelling amongst the the dogs and amongst the swine who trample it under feet. We are to come. And the Lord says, "Um, come and ask and seek and knock. Don't give these holy things to the world. But seek to cause them to grow. Have faith in God. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him and therefore and then also in verse 12 perhaps we might ask the question well why does it say this here therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you do ye even so to them for this is the law and the prophets well we could take that verse let it stand alone and say well this is what the lord requires of us that we should love the lord our god with all our heart with all our soul with all our strength and we should love our neighbor as ourselves. This is all the law and the prophets. That is certainly too, true. But perhaps the context here is saying, this is the law of God. So look at the Father and consider what the Father does. How the Father inst- seeks to instruct us and teach us. If it is his law to give us that we would do all things uh, to help those who are around us, how much more would our Father do those things for us? Because he is perfect in all of his ways. So therefore come and ask him. Ask him for wisdom. Seek those things which you have need of spiritually that you might grow in grace. Knock that you might gain entrance into the fullness of the blessing of God. These things are set before us. Jesus sat down, as we see at the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount, upon the hillside and began to teach his disciples. His purpose was to bring them away from the mundane, from the things of this world. His purpose was to lift up their minds to look unto God. To see the spiritual, to see that which is invisible. To understand that there is so much more that we might know than this world which surrounds us. In this day and age, the world is constantly pushing upon us new things. Things that we, well, we need them. We need a computer. We need phones. We need cars. We need all of these things. And it's constantly telling us, and we see the advertisements everywhere, up on the streets. 
They come up on our phones. They come up on the television. They come up on the radio. We are constantly being brought down to this earth and the things which are around us. And it's a very hard thing, uh, really, to lift our hearts and our minds to those things which are above. And that is what Christ is seeking to do here as he speaks to this people. He is saying, look up. He is saying, look to God. Look to your Father. These things are just for a moment. Take no thought for the morrow, he says. The morrow will take thought for the things of itself. Don't be too concerned about what's going on in this world, but seek first the kingdom of God. Even the work that we do. Remember Mary and Martha and how Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And Mary, where was she? Sitting at Jesus' feet. She wants to know the fullness of the blessing. All these other things, they will continue. And those things that we have need of, they will be supplied. But how much effort and how much consideration do we give to the things of God that we might know the Lord? Where is the fruit of our faith? Are we growing in faith? Are we growing in grace? Are we growing in wisdom? Are we growing in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom? The Lord calls us to this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. See, again, in this context, we have the the one who is called here in verse 5, the hypocrite, who says to his brother, let me take the mote out of thine eye. But the Lord says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Let me take the beam out of your eye. Let me take the mote out of your eye. Come unto me and these things shall be done. The invitation is here. It's an invitation to us to come into the presence of God. Is a command also. The Lord says, do this. Do this. And it is an encouragement. Because our Heavenly Father desires to give these things to you.